Hi friend, it's 2020. And let's be real, if you're anything like me, your life probably feels busy, crazy, and sometimes overwhelming. But even in the midst of the day-to-day, and no matter what life stage you're currently in, do you find yourself constantly longing for something deeper, something real? Maybe like me, you wonder about things like restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. And truth, I am on an imperfect journey of pursuing Jesus Christ and what it looks like to find those things in a relationship with Him. It's a journey I committed to years ago when I dedicated my life to following Christ, and it's a journey I invite friends to explore with me, even if, and honestly especially if, you're not sure what path you're on. So for those who are skeptical, curious, or just need some encouragement in the midst of living, well, this podcast is for you. Come along with me as we journey together towards finding something real. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is your host, Janelle Wood, and I'm joined today by my very special co-host, Brian Wood. We're thankful you're listening today. This month, we're talking about finding clarity around living happily ever after. In other words, we are talking about healthy marriage relationships. Whether you are currently single, in a romantic relationship, engaged, newly married, or have already celebrated your silver wedding anniversary, we hope you find these next few episodes of the podcast encouraging, insightful, and helpful in practical ways. We'll be asking some questions throughout this month that you can also ask yourself at home. Those questions and other resources are available on my website at www.janellewood.com. Just look for the section at the top that says Clarity 2020. Today, we are excited to be interviewing guests who have been married for over 27 years. They have raised three young men and have worked in pastoral ministry for many years. We're excited to welcome Pastor Steve Haney and his beautiful wife, Stephanie, to the Finding Something Real podcast. Welcome, you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for taking the time to meet with us tonight. Uh, We're really excited to chat with you guys. So if you would tell us a little bit about who you are and maybe how you met. Well, I'm Stephanie, and um, I work with Steve at the church, so we are not only marriage partners, but we're ministry partners. And how we met, I was a young 20-something, desperate for money, and so I got a job with my only skill, which was lifeguarding at the YMCA and got hired and I saw this guy this other employee there at the YMCA walk across the room and I made a mental note to self to stay away from that one because he looked arrogant and cocky (laughs) (laughs) and all I was doing was going to the racquetball court to play some racquetball but apparently I had that swagger about me so she said no thank you and uh, that was how we met (laughs) So how did it go from no thank you to I love you? So we started to get to know each other. I was the lifeguard and he was the supervisor at the Y. And so he would make the rounds and come visit with me often. And at one point, um, another guy at the Y asked me on a date. And um, I had... Well, to just interject there, <laughs> this young man who was probably three or four years younger than Stephanie. He didn't have his driver's license. Yeah, <laughs> asked me if 
if I thought that he should ask Stephanie out on a date. And I didn't want to say, no, don't ask her out on a date. She'd never go out with you. So I said, you know, yeah, you should go ahead and ask her out. Now, I really wanted to ask her out, but, you know, he beat me to the punch. And so he asked her out. And I was hopping mad that Steve told him he should ask me out because he was not even 16. I mean, he had just gotten his driver's license. So I said yes because I was too nice to say no. And I went on a date with him. And after the movie, I told him it just wasn't going to work out. And then I ignored Steve for about a week, but he was... I apologize. He was pretty persistent, so he kept coming around. And then he finally said, what did you say? I'm glad that you uh, you went out on the date, but I'm glad that it didn't work out. I said, because um, I didn't want him to ask you out because secretly I wanted to ask you out. And so we went on our first date right before Valentine's Day, and Steve cooked me a meal of lasagna, green salad, sparkling cider, the works. And we met, so that was our first date in February, and then we got married August 24th. So I kind of got a follow-up question. I didn't know your story, but I think so much of love is driven by culture and movies, and they always have that love at first sight moment. What would you say to somebody who is looking for that and that's like their excuse for not ever finding Mr. Right or Miss Right? Like that getting over that um, first impression or that first love like belief. Okay, so I definitely have the answer for that one Um, because I, I believed that. You see it in every love story, Hollywood movie, every book you read. And so that was kind of my concept of love. So actually, about two months into our dating relationship, I started to get nervous, and I actually broke up with Steve. And this was before we had phone, text, and all of that. And so for actually for a month, we did not talk. And I spent a month with my roommate praying, literally twice a day for a whole entire month we prayed because I was super nervous. Here was this guy that was really committed and loved me right out of the gate, but that almost scared me. It almost felt like too much. And then the Holy Spirit, through multiple attempts, finally got my attention. And uh, so I reconnected with Steve, and we had a long talk. And one of the things that he taught me, because I am not from a Christian background, and he was, And he talked to me about what real love is, and his analogy was fire and steel. And explained to me that, you know, love has both. It has the fire, which is the the highs and the butterflies in your stomach and the, the Hollywood moments, but those are moments. And the steel is all the rest of the time. It's unbreakable. It's that commitment that says, I'm I'm in this, we're a team, we're committed, we're doing this and whether the feelings and emotions are there or not. So that was really my first um, kind of lesson in what God's version of love is versus the world. And fire is passionate and it's exciting, um, but it comes and it goes. In any relationship, fire will burn hot, but then it will fade down. But the steel, the commitment is what remains. And the stronger that steel is, I believe the hotter that fire will continue to burn later. Wise words. So tell me, what do you love the most about each other? 
when I knew I was in love with Steve was the first time I heard him tell a story. So after I had gone out with a 16, barely 16 year old boy, when I was kind of giving Steve the cold shoulder at work, somebody invited me to a Bible study. And so I talked my roommate into going and I was invited to the Bible study. I knew it was a setup that there was some boy there that I was supposed to meet. So my roommate and I went to the Bible study and it was Steve and his friend but I didn't know that going in. And Steve was leading a group of teenagers, and he had them all circle up, and he told them a Bible story. And the way he told that story just captured. That was the moment. Um, So what I love about him, I love his storytelling, and he is, um, I love his wisdom. He has God-given gift of wisdom. And then he's really good at loving me. He knows how to love me and he does it really well. And I think for me, um, I fell in love with Stephanie's heart. Uh, it is one of the most beautiful hearts I've ever seen in my life. She, she is one of the most empathic people I've ever met. Uh, if someone is hurting, she knows that they're hurting. Um, and she can be in another room and she'll sense that they're hurting. And, uh, I mean, sometimes she can't watch a Hallmark commercial, you know, without a box of tissue. I mean, it's, it's, but it's that heart for people that I just love. And, um, and she certainly has that for me and our family and, and, uh, is her most endearing quality next to her love for Jesus. So you guys have been married over 27 years. You have three children. You are in ministry. I know it hasn't always been happily ever after. That's an assumption, but I'm just wondering if you could speak to that because I think that people who are listening who maybe are, um, you know, pre-marriage or newlywed, you know, there's still that honeymoon stage where everything just, oh, this person is amazing, Uh, which clearly you think that of your spouse, but I know just having been married for 15 years, right, Brian? What do you mean? <laughs> it's always been happily ever after. <laughs> we already did our podcast, so oh, the secret's out. Right. <laughs> so I know that there's been ups and downs, right? So what would you say um, about the concept of happily ever after, and what makes a happy marriage? I think for us, the bottom line has always been an unyielding desire and an unyielding commitment to first of all, be faithful with our vows before God and then each other. No one knows what this life is going to throw at them. Um, No one knows, you know, what kinds of ups and downs and trials and storms they're going to have. You know, all any of us can really hope for is that, you know, the end of our life when we slip from this life and shed our mortal coil into eternity is that we hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. And apart from that, in this life, we have no guarantees of happiness or, um, you know, uh, that we're going to have all of this passion 24-7. But we should have joy in the Lord. And there's a difference between happiness and joy. And for me, joy is knowing that we are faithful to one another and faithful to God doing what he's called us to do. And, And we have tons of happiness along the way, but it's not without its its trials. But I think the joy is that we are following Jesus in what is clearly our calling in life. And, I mean, we could give you hours of real 
Um, our honeymoon was the worst. And no, we really we tell people like it. We were looking for annulment papers. We really were. Like we started asking people what annulments were and if it was too late for us. Like um, we'd only known each other six months. We dove in and we dove in. I was in, the baby of the family. So I was And I was the selfish. firstborn and I had been basically on my own since I was 13. Our, our early marriage came because we both knew we were super passionate about ministry and about Jesus. And because we found that in each other, we were like, meh, we can do, you know, really young and idealistic. Like, uh, we can conquer the world with those two things. And then very quickly, all of those realities, birth order, finances, expectations, I mean, they came in like a flood. And our first two years were really really hard um but again like Steve said I think I had come from divorce I had seen it I had experienced it as a kid and I didn't want that and he had seen uh his two brothers and his sister all go through divorce so he did not want that either and so I think that at the end of the day we both wanted a marriage that was going to work and be good. And so we fought for it and it was a lot of work and it is a lot of work, but. And it was a continual shedding of our own personal desires. And, and it really just boils down to selfishness, you know, and, um, first Corinthians seven says that let those who are married, uh, live as though they're not married, which is kind of an unusual uh, marriage advice, but uh, the point is that our lives should be so in tune with the Lord that next to Him, there's not even a close second. And for us, God is a foundation, and He is the rock that when we are sinking, we can cling to. And and that has been true for 28 mm-hmm. years. What are some practical things that maybe helped you through some of those harder times that maybe you could share with somebody listening who might be going through a similar experience with their spouse or loved one I mean there's some great stuff you know out there that we've read you know great teachings great books Um, you know some of the kind of the key principles you know that we have uh, clung to you know in terms of fire and steel because that's kind of the motto of our marriage fire and steel Um, we recognize that there are times where that flame dies down and we have nothing but steel and and yet God promises us that if we cling to him, that steel will be enough and the fire will return. And it does. But it's it's building up that commitment, that steel. And there are some things that we've done that, you know, have helped us do that. You know, one is, uh, you know, we just really do try to see what the other person's dream is, you know, and in those moments where there's conflict, um, usually conflict comes because two dreams are dueling. And, um, and if you can actually get to the bottom of what the other person's dream is, you know, you can see their heart and you can actually begin to help them achieve that dream. Uh, for an example, I mean, let's just give an example of some dueling dreams. Uh, one would be, you know, perhaps, um, you know, we have a differing opinion on whether our kids should do college or, you know, take a gap year, you know, and maybe we are conflicted on that. And maybe we get into an argument over that or a million other things, but that's just an example. Um, There's probably a dream behind why one of us 
wants him to go to college and one of us is okay with him taking a gap year. And if we just argue over the pragmatics of whether he goes to college or not, we can be in that spin cycle forever. But if we can actually say, what is your dream behind our son going to college? Well, maybe I never had that experience or, you know, I grew up without stability and I want that life for my son of stability. And I see that through college. That's a lot different discussion than just the pragmatics of should he go to college or not. So I think for us, one of the ways that we've, you know, help, has helped us overcome those moments is really looking at the, being a dream detective and, and looking deeper into the other person's dreams. And I think one of the other things we've done is we do reread, which, you know, in 2020 it might be podcasts or other ways of learning, but we're always trying to learn new things about our marriage and um, how we can do better. Communication, if there's any classes, books on communication, we're reading them, taking them. I think learning to have healthy communication, learning about yourself, like how you react or respond to conflict. When we got married, I was a runner. That, that's what I knew, conflict's coming. I do not want conflict, I am out. And he had lost um, a girl that he had planned on marrying in a car accident. And so what I didn't understand is that when I ran, it triggered a lot of trauma for him. And when we were finally able to sit down and have a really healthy conversation about that, and he could understand why I was running because I so hated conflict. He kind of likes, like he kind of... <laughs> I can be a debater. He enjoys debate. I'm a lawyer. And so, you know, we would hit these really rough spots. And so um, we've learned so much about each other. I think always being a student of the other person and understanding the why behind what they do can really give you that empathy and compassion to, instead of fighting about it, get on the same same wavelength and work it out the bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing and that word finds is an interesting word it doesn't mean just kind of discovers out of nowhere it kind of gives the picture that you're on a journey and as you're moving towards a certain destination you look over and you see someone going the same direction as you and i think for us that has also been something very valuable because you know both of us are ministry minded and so we have that in common and we're not, you know, chasing two opposite careers. But, um, you know, I think there's a lot of wisdom as you search for a mate that, you know, you are spiritually aligned and that your callings are aligned because those can come into conflict. And I think those are great questions to ask, you know, before you're married. Is this person going in the same direction that I am? And so while yet we may have had our arguments we were still both going in the same direction. We both had the same heart. And those were very important things, I think, to keep us anchored. So what difference do you think God has made in your marriage? Great thing. He, he is the difference. I mean, I do a lot of weddings, and I, I cannot emphasize this enough. And, and as I'm doing weddings, I realize all that the bride and groom are hearing are blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, they're looking at each other. They're in what is called the in-love infatuation, chemical love, whatever you want to call it. And, um, but I always emphasize when you come to the end of yourself that God is just beginning. And you will come to the end of yourself. It's not a question of if, it's only when. And for us, there have been many, 
many moments where we've come to the end of ourselves today at this table we came to the end of ourselves, and um and we turned to each other and we said yeah god's got to show up here and we have just seen him be faithful you know over many years and i think the other thing too is we've also witnessed people that think the grass is greener on the other side and only to watch their lives a little bit up and cl- up close and personal, we recognize after years of being in the ministry and the grass is not greener. Or if it is greener, it's just because they have a septic issue on the other side. So <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's not greener. And sometimes you just have to, to stay committed and the reward will come. And I have a practical story on God uh, in our marriage. When we were first married, so... We got married August 24th, and we officially got hired by the church September 1st. So, you know, we went on like a three- or four-day honeymoon that was a nightmare, came back, and started ministry. And within probably eight months, I was pregnant, gave birth to a child that cried nonstop. Any kind of communication is near impossible because he's crying all the time and doctors can't figure out what's going on and we've tried all these things and they just keep telling me I'm a stressed out mom. He's now 27 and when he was born, food allergies were not a thing. Well, we now know it was all allergy related, but we didn't know that at the time. So screaming baby, newly married, and Steve's trying to prove himself at his job. So he's um, working seven days a week. He's working all the time and just trying to meet everybody's needs and be a good pastor and doing all that. And I'm home with this screaming baby and I'm going to college. So our, you know, as, as most early marriages are, a lot of pressure. And Steve calls me one day and says, hey, I'm going to be at the house in 20 minutes. Can you pull some kind of lunch together? I'm bringing someone over and we just need to be able to sit at the table and have lunch. Sure, babe. <laughs> So I pull together some lunch, I put it on the table, I take the baby in the back room so that they can have their quiet time and be talking and the baby's crying and I'm trying to keep him happy and I hear our guest leave the house and so I come out thinking, oh, we're going to have a minute and he's out the door right behind him, just out the door, you know, really no, hey, thanks for doing lunch, thanks for pulling it, none of that, just off thinking about work and the door slams closed, the screen door or whatever and I'm just standing there with a screaming baby and I said to God this is not what I thought marriage was I wanted to marry a best friend and that is not a best friend and as I'm closing our door I see Steve's car back up up the driveway and the car stop and he gets out and he walks up the door and he looks at me and he goes I just want you to know in the crazy that you're my best friend exact words I had prayed to God like 30 seconds before. And in that moment, it wasn't that we had worked everything out, but in that moment, I knew God had heard me. I knew he had heard my heart and it was enough to keep me uh, on my knees <laughs> as I prayed through another year. And then we we started to figure some things out, but yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Water under the bridge. Wow. So you guys teach marriage classes now, is that right? Yeah, we're in the middle of one right now. If people want to learn more about you or your ministry, 
Where could they find you? You can go to ChristCenterCashmere.com. It's our website and all the info's there. You can uh, go to Google Play or your Apple Store and download the Christ Center app and get any kind of info about us or our church or ministry on, on either of those platforms. Awesome. And then just, I know we kind of touched around it, but um, if someone is listening to this and um, they're planning on getting married or they're they're thinking about it maybe someday. Maybe they don't even have a significant other yet. Um, what are some tips you would give them about finding a spouse? I know you mentioned making sure you're on the same path, but looking back, what were the best things that you did ahead of time to prepare for marriage? Well, I would say I would give this advice more on what we didn't do than what we did do. Um, you know, I think probably it is crucial that uh, you have some time to prepare, that you're doing some kind of counseling or marriage mentoring. Um, there's just so many different areas, key areas of marriages, you know, from the physical to the financial, conflict resolution, communication, hobbies, activities. There's so many critical areas. Um, and, you know, if you get four or five of those critical areas out of sync, you know, it can be really hard to recover or even establish a solid marriage. And so I think it is definitely important to find some kind of strong mentoring, marriage mentoring, counseling, something out there where you guys are, they're both able to go into the marriage with some, some pretty decent foundation. And I would say whether it's I don't have somebody yet or I've just started dating someone or I'm engaged, I would say be a student of love. Be a student. Be a learner. Be, be somebody that is uh, – when Steve asked me to marry him, well, it's debatable on who asked who, but as we were <laughs> pondering marriage – I literally went to the back of my Bible and wrote down every single verse on love in the whole entire Bible, and I looked up every single verse and wrote it out. So I, I had written out every verse in the Bible on love because of my childhood. I wanted to make sure that I knew what I was getting myself into because that's another thing we run into as young couples, and the girl or the boy is like, well, they don't do this like my parents do, or they don't do this like my parents do. And I say to them, well, your husband's, you know, 23. He, your dad's 60. You know, your dad's had a lot of time to learn these things. So I think the more you learn and understand about what God intended for marriage, um, the healthier that relationship will be. So depending on where you turn, the answer to this question might be different if it if it's movies or books or uh, friends, but what is love? Okay, so I thought it was a feeling. That's what I thought, and I've learned that it is an action. It's dying to self. It's serving. It's um, thinking about your spouse and what their love language is or what their needs are, what their dream is, and then trying to meet those things for the other person. So, um, and first Corinthians 13 all the way, I know it's quoted in every single marriage, but, um, I, I take my high school kids to it all the time. 
patient, kind, long-suffering, doesn't keep a record of wrongs, doesn't keep a record of wrongs, doesn't keep a record of wrongs. <laughs> you know, some of those, I mean, First Corinthians 13 is a good definition. Yeah, I mean, I would say Jesus is love, right? It, uh, he's our creator. He is the initiator of life. And every law that is in the Bible, every commandment is based on his character. And so God is love. And so we have a great example in the scripture of what love looks like. It looks like Jesus. All right. Final question. The Finding Something Real podcast is about a journey towards redemption or restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. Of those four gifts that we can find in relationship with Jesus Christ, which of those stand out to you the most in your married life right now and why? I would say authenticity. One of the things that we teach in our marriage class is that in order for there to be healthy, good communication, both people have to feel really safe. And I think that with that safety, which Steve and I have, we feel really safe with each other. We can be really real and authentic. So there's no pretense. I mean, sometimes it's really ugly and sometimes it's really awesome and uh, we're in it together and um, but it's definitely real. There's no there's nothing fake or inauthentic about it, I would say. And I think for me of the words redemption, eternity, authenticity and love, probably right now in this moment, I would say eternity. And that is because, you know, in this life, um, you know, there's this world just simply can't keep its promises. The only thing that can is God and eternity. And so, you know, while we may be going through trials or struggles right now, uh, for me, and, and I think for us right now in this particular season of our life, we're in enough trial and struggle um, that we're having to keep our eyes fixed on eternity. Uh, sometimes those trials and the struggles are a reminder to us that uh, this is not our home and that's their job. And, and so I think if in those moments you can fix your eyes on the eternal and live in light of eternity, then you're doing well. And so I think for me right now, that's probably where I would be. Well, Brian, do you have any further questions? You asked your follow-up. I you, know. You asked your end. <laughs> We're thankful that you guys took the time to do this and especially, uh, you know, giving up your quiet evening to have us come in here and make a scene with our <laughs> computer and our equipment. Oh, it's great. So this has been fun. We yeah. sure appreciate it. So until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. If you love this series, please hit subscribe and come back next week when we talk with another guest about their story towards finding something real and having clarity through detours and distractions. Per usual, you can follow along on Instagram at Janelle underscore M underscore Wood or using the hashtag finding something real. And of course, you can also sign up for the free clarity resources that go along with this current series by heading over to my website at janellewood.com. Remember friend, you are loved and have a purpose. Until next time. <laughs>